Jewish audio on Chabad.org. Shalom, dear friends. What is in your closet? You ever had someone who walks into your kitchen and they ask you, hey, what do you got in your cabinets? That's a little intrusive. But let me ask you a more personal question. What do you got in your heart? Now, what do I mean? This week's Torah portion is jam-packed with 74 mitzvot, 74 commandments, ranging from all across the spectrum of Jewish observance and Jewish life. One of the commandments is that we are not allowed to cheat, obviously, when it comes to business matters. Here it gets really interesting. The Torah is talking about weights. It was so common in the past, and sometimes still today, that when we do a sale and a transaction, we weigh the product that we are selling using a series of weights to ensure that we are getting full value for our sale. Now, sometimes a business person who is not so honest can come and try to play around with the weights so that it looks like it's more while he's actually giving less. And the Torah says one is not allowed to do that. But the Torah goes a step further. And the Torah says that not only is one not allowed to obviously steal and adjust the sale so that he's cheating and stealing money from another, but one should actually not have in your possession any scales or any elements of the weighing process that is not 100% correct. And this is where we learn a very profound lesson. You see, the Torah is telling us that when it comes to our behavior towards a fellow human being and a fellow Jew, it's not enough just to ensure that our behaviors are appropriate, but we also have to make sure that we don't have any mistaken, incorrect weighing scales within our possession. Not only we should not act negatively towards another, not only we should not express hate towards another, but we should not even have the potential, the feeling of hate and negativity and a grudge within our hearts. You can't own a unfair, unjustified scale. Not only you can't act upon it, you can't even have it in your possession. My friends, here is a very powerful manly that Torah is giving us. When it comes to the love and the connection and the unity that we need to feel with a fellow Jew, it's not enough to say, as long as I don't act upon it, it doesn't matter what I feel. But the truth is that there's no room for negativity, there's no room for darkness, there's no room for hate within our heart towards our fellow. Eradicate any scales that are not just. Remove from within your heart any schmutz, any negativity, any feelings of badness towards another. Don't even own it, don't even have it in your possession. What a timely message as we approach Rosh Hashanah in a little over two weeks. Now's the time, my friends, to do a cleanup of your cabinets. I'm not referring to your kitchen cabinets. I'm referring to what's in your heart. They say that once a year, every business person who works in the world of retail needs to do an inventory of their shelves. Now is the time, my friends, when we need to do an inventory of ourselves. We have to check our cabinets and see what do we have to throw out? What are the negativity? What is the schmutz? What is the grudges? What is the hate? What are the feelings that we're still harboring towards another that we need to just get rid of? And for this week, I have a very special story. This story is about a woman who lives in Israel. Her name is Devora. We'll leave out her last name to protect her privacy, but the story is 100% true. Devora had a beautiful childhood until she was seven years old. When she was seven years old, her family went to the restaurant 
in honor of her older brother's birthday. They had a beautiful dinner. They were enjoying the delicious food and the great spirits. When the waiter came out with a little birthday cake for the birthday boy, and as they do often in restaurants, the birthday cake had on top a little sprinkler, a little sparkler, a little thing that lights up and sparks come out just to bring some extra joy to the child. And we all know it's very exciting if you've experienced this. So the waiter comes out and he sings happy birthday. And as he gets closer to the table and he sees the excitement in front of the child, without thinking, he decides to lift up the sparkler from the cake and bring it closer to the child to bring even more excitement to the child. And as he lifts it up and he brings it closer to the child, unfortunately, he wasn't careful enough and he dropped it. And as he dropped it, it landed on the hear of young Devorah, precious seven-year-old child who now is on fire, screaming, yelling, they bring water. And it turns out they managed to put out the fire. But by the time they got it out, unfortunately, she was badly burned. She was rushed to the hospital. And my friends, young little sweet Devorah had 14 surgeries to try to reconfigure her face. And when it was done, although thankfully she survived, her face was never the same. She had marks all over her face, who was disconfigured, and she just was not anymore the pretty-looking seven-year-old that she was up until that evening. You know how it works with children. Unfortunately, she was bullied endlessly by her classmates, made fun of, called all kinds of names, and that became the story of her life. Her parents tried all kinds of treatments, but they were unsuccessful in making the situation better. And as the years went on, she became a teenager. You could imagine it got even worse. As a teen, her appearance meant so much to her. But unfortunately, she could not get rid of these blemishes that really dampened her appearance. She had a few more surgeries as she got older, which made her a little bit better. But you could still tell that she wasn't the same anymore. And even though her situation improved over the years, and it actually came to a point where it was almost not noticeable, unless you look a little closer, but the inner blemish never went away. The suffering she endured as a child stayed with her forever and deeply, deeply tarnished her soul. She was in so much pain and every time she thought about that night, every time without fail, she would mutter to herself, I'll never forgive that guy. I'll never forgive that guy. And although she tried with the help of therapy and with the encouragement of her parents to move on, she just couldn't do it. She had so much pain within her from her childhood that was stolen from her that she could never get past that feeling of I can never forgive that man. Life moved on. She was in her early 20s and unfortunately, as much as she tried, she was not able to find a partner in life. She is now her late 20s. She's so frustrated. She feels stuck. Her friends are getting married, having families. And she's still waiting and still waiting, but not being successful in finding the partner of her dreams. And as the time goes on, it's one year, just a week before Rosh Hashanah, similar to to the time that we're in right now. And she's sitting at home, and she's just crying. She's just so frustrated, so drained from the journeys of life. All she wants to do is find a partner, get married, have a family, and move on. As she's sitting there, she tells herself, what can I do? I have prayed, I've given charity, I've done all kinds of things in the merit that I should find a partner in my life, but what can I do? 
And in that moment, she can't explain why, out of nowhere, a thought entered her mind. Rosh Hashanah is coming, Yom Kippur is coming, time of forgiveness, fresh starts. Perhaps it's time to forgive this waiter. Maybe I could find the courage within me, and this will open up the vessel, the blessing from above. Because she knew what we all know, that the moment we do something which is extremely hard for us, and we forgive that person who it is so hard for us to forgive, an unbelievable reservoir of blessing opens up, a new channel, a new door is unlocked, and unbelievable blessings enter our lives. She knew that. And at that moment, moment of inspiration, she closed her eyes. And with tears, tremendous emotion, because this wasn't just another thing. This was a deep, deep-rooted fear and struggle that she had to go through to say the words with all her heart. Dear God, with all my heart and all my soul, with every fiber of my being, I fully forgive this waiter for what he did to me as a child. And as she said those words, she felt a boulder rolling off her heart. She gave a deep breath and she felt lighter. She felt different. She felt a sense of hope. And now open up your hearts, my friends, for what happened next. That Friday night, she went to synagogue for Shabbat services. And as she was standing there, singing, Lecha Dodi, Lecha Dodi Likrat Kala, she just felt a certain sense of closeness to God. She felt that today was a big day for her. Today, she did something huge, something big. And after services were over, they announced that tonight, in honor of the wedding of a very important member of the community, there will be a Shabbat dinner, all are welcome in the social hall. She decided to stay. She was in the mood of other people. Her spirits were soaring. She felt uplifted in a special way. And sure enough, my friends, you can see where this is going. She sits down by the table, and she happens to be sitting near a fine young man. And they enter a conversation, and they talk, and they talk, and they talk. And the conversation, my friends, went on for a long time as they began to date, and the relationship developed, and they became not just good friends, but they became partners in life. And then it came the time when this young man said, I would like for you to meet my family, because I feel like this is going in the right direction. And she said, of course, with pleasure. Because she knew that a dream has been fulfilled. And she did not forget when it happened. The day when she forgave that man, that waiter. And as she's talking to him about his family, all of a sudden, her hair rises and she gets goosebumps. He tells her his name, which she knew all along. But it's a common name in Israel. Then he tells her where he's from. That's fine. It's a very big city, Jerusalem. And he tells her which neighborhoods. Okay. Then he tells her the name of his fam- parents. And then she hears the name. My friends, the name of the waiter. This young man who she met and is about to get engaged to unmarry is the son of the waiter who destroyed her childhood. She couldn't believe it. She froze. She burst out in tears. She's crying profusely. Her whole body is shaking. He doesn't understand what happened. Oh no, what's going on? And then she looks at him and she tells him the whole story. And he's waiting in silence, in shock. Doesn't know what's going to be next. Is this over? Then she looks at him and she says, I know without a doubt that this is a message from God. That because I forgave your father, 
He gave me the gift of you. And the biggest way of showing me that he's listening and showing me that he appreciates and he recognizes the sacrifice I did is by bringing me a husband who was a child of the man who I now forgave with tremendous strength and courage. Come, let's go meet your father. And my dear friends, sure enough, they met. They united. They embraced. They expressed true feelings of forgiveness and connection. And that wedding was a wedding like never before. And if you remind me after Shabbat, I could send you a link to a video of the family talking about this story. My friends, now's the time. Let go. Clean out those grudges. Empty your cabinets. And may that be the vessel to bring forth a sweet new year for you and your family. Shabbat Shalom.